and tear issues will always pop up and giving Apple the opportunity to see what they could do for me on my next car was a great call. Apple Leasing, 512-346-9977 or AppleLeasing.com. From the UBO Business Services Studios, you're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK, KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. This hour brought to you by Lake Travis Eye and Laser Center. Offering the latest technology for cataracts and laser lens replacement, the newest technology is at Lake Travis Eye and Laser Center. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Life evolves. Change comes to all of us. And with that in mind, we charge into a weekend. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Life the Tower on the Horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you for three more mornings. Today, Monday, and Tuesday will be my final three days on the program. So happy once again to be joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, a proud graduate of Florence High School. Always. But you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That's Jeff Howell. Uh, back sort of from the duty. You are. You're here, and you're on the air, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You you had a lot of uh, uh, family duty with uh, the inimitable Charlotte Howell. Who is in the building today? I was fired up to to hear about that that you were going to bring her. Today. She's got some. She's got some donut holes and a, and a tablet, so she's she's good I, for a she's bit. Indisposed at the moment. <laughs> um, I need distractions. It's going to be an emotional effing last couple of days, man. <laughs> uh, it was. I didn't think it was going to happen before ten o'clock, but yeah. You know, well, uh, uh, and and of course, uh, this program as all as has been for the past three years since we've had this incarnation of the show, has followed Bucky and Aaron. And if you were just listening before, you know that it was uh, Bucky's final day uh, on the horn. Um, so he just completed his final program w- with Aaron. So it's uh, end of an era in, in this town because they've known each other for practically a quarter century, been on the air together for the better part of uh, a little over 20 years. So... Uh, <coughs> In end of an era in that regard, so it was, yeah, it was sad and uh, emotional, and there were some uh, in the interim between um, the end of their program. Speaking and, of distractions, and, yeah, and the start of this one. Uh, oh, Charlotte's here. She's waiting outside the door. Let's let her in by all means. Um, in, in between time, uh, there was there were some actual uh, there were some actual tears shed by some folks. Here in the milling, so it's that kind of thing, and uh, and and uh, you know we all know that it's 
coming, and uh, we know that there's uh, three days remaining on uh, this program for me. <laughs> Excuse me while I cough a little bit. Um, so uh, our uh, last day for uh, this program will be on Tuesday. Uh, also, the last day for this program with our regular producer, Cameron Parker, was yesterday. But because uh, Cam already had some vacation time and a trip planned and everything. So the last day for Cam was yesterday. But we're always pleased to have happy Jack Farrell, who is with us today. How are you this morning, Jack? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm honored to be here. Uh, Come stick the landing. Yeah, we'll have, we'll, we'll have some fun. And, and, uh, and, and I've been asked often about, um, you know, why I, I call Jack Happy Jack. Um, and some thought it was in reference to the song by the Who, uh, and uh, that wasn't the reason. But I'm but I'm glad it's associated with that. It was there because Jack was always in a great frame of mind and a great uh, whether he was uh, whether he's been you know working as a, uh, engineer slash producer out with our, our shows at Longhorn Weekly uh, or whether it was some uh, you know when we were uh, out at um uh at pluckers or whatever it might be uh jack always in a great frame of mind so that's why i was sort of calling you happy jack farrell but then of course in conjunction with that with with, with the song by the who that just kind of seemed to match you know and you're you're a, a fan of it and of the classic rock genre i heard chad and zay the other day talking about because it was uh mick jagger's 80th birthday and so it was like if you had a Mount Rushmore of lead singers, of lead singers, front men, who would it be on a, on a Mount Rushmore? And and I heard them talk about different ones. And and for me, uh, it was Mick Jagger, it was Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, it was um, uh, also Freddie Mercury of Queen, and then the other one for me was Roger Daltrey of the Who. Now I understand those who uh, came with Robert Plant. Uh, uh, I think Chad had him on his list. Uh, and another guy I thought about, and a friend of mine said this as well, had he stuck around with his particular group long enough, he probably could have made it, and that would have been David Lee Roth with what he did with Van Halen in the short amount of time he was there. Now, somebody else said, and, and Jeff will not agree with this, that for their money, one of the guys that, enjoy, that, that belonged on the Mount Rushmore was Eddie Vedder. was with Pearl Jam. Not my Mount Rushmore, that, that, but you can you can have it. <laughs> Somebody else had suggested that. So so anyway, that that was the deal. So uh, crisis averted there with uh, Miss Charlotte it was a video game crisis. Yeah, it's no, a tablet it's, crisis. Uh, you know, like the the Wi Fi password in this building has to be like sixty five characters long. Okay. So I told her, I'm like, I will fix it in a minute, and you can watch Spidey Team or whatever. <laughs> Whatever you're watching today, okay. The Little Mermaid, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. So, I, as I mentioned, of course, uh, Tuesday will be the final day for this program, the final day for me. Monday will be the last day for you, and with very good reason for that, uh, And because Tuesday you're going to be on campus, and that's when Sark has his state of the team uh, press conference and other other uh, yeah. position my, coaches my made my available. full-time job gets in the way. Your regular gig. <laughs> The regular gig. At Horns 24-7, which we'll bring up some stuff from that in the Longhorn Notebook. Um, Good. Yeah. Kyle Flood, Pete Kwiatkowski, Jeff Banks all available on Tuesday. One of the few opportunities you'll have to visit with them. Other than the bowl game, that'll be it. Yeah. So so Jeff's final day will be Monday, and then, of course, the 
I'll be here uh, on Tuesday for the uh, the final day uh, on that. So we'll uh, we'll look for. How long do we have you, Jack? Do we have you through the duration through yes, Tuesday? Sir. Through oh, Tuesday. Good. good. All right. All right. So that's good to know. Um, the, uh, the there are a lot of things that we could we could start with, uh, but. Um, Somebody said, Craig, not Davy Jones from the Monkees. No, the Monkees wouldn't qualify, nor would the Beatles, uh, nor would Steely Dan. I had this conversation because the Monkees had more than one lead vocalist. Michael Nesmith and Mickey Dolenz all had important uh, important lead vocals on certain songs by the Monkees. So that's why that's why uh, the Monkees wouldn't qualify. The Beatles would not qualify. My favorite band of all time, but they don't qualify because... John Lennon and Paul McCartney shared lead vocals, and George Harrison had his share of those as well. Steely Dan, uh, you know, you you had Walter Becker, and 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 um, and and you had uh, Fagan as well. So uh, because you have Donald Fagan and Walter Becker, you're not going to, you know, they split them. What about Fred Durst? Where does he fall in this conversation? It's a good pick. Thank you, Jack. That's why I like having you behind the glass. I know Cameron would agree with me if he was here, too. Somebody said, don't forget about Paul Rogers. That that would be good. I yeah. do have a question. Steve Perry was on my honorable mention list. Somebody Steve put that up Perry. There. Does uh, playing an instrument remove the person from this conversation? Because no. Steven Tyler, okay, so like a, a Kurt Cobain or a Tom Petty would, would make it into the, oh, into yeah. the list? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I was thinking it, Freddie Mercury, Mick Jagger, they're just the singer, just the front man. That is, that is correct. That is correct. No, if you it, it was lead vocalist, you know, and some would say front man if you want to say that, whether they played an instrument or not. Uh, somebody said Deborah Harry, Deborah Harry a blondie. By the way, if you just heard a drink open on the air, I'm drinking a soda. I'm not consuming alcohol on the uh, air, just in case anybody was. And, and not only a soda, a Coke Zero at That's that. Right. So you have adapted your taste buds to that. I, I rotate between this and Dr. Pepper Zero. Mm-hmm. You know I'm not a big coffee guy. Yeah. And iced coffee, it's like watery dog pee. Like it's just just I just, love just iced or, coffee. Or coffee flavored dog pee. I don't know how whatever you want to describe it. Now but. you want to talk about urination. That little product you're you're consuming right now. Anything mm. with anything that has any kind of artificial sweetener like that. Just makes me wretch, and I t- and I told this story. You know, if you drink too much of these, what happens to you? That's why you got to watch your consumption of these. Yeah, because the lab rats got all squirted up with them and showed up with can. Well, that was actually the uh, aspartame. Sugar alcohol. If yeah. you consume too much of it, it's uh, well, you be in the bathroom for an extended amount of time. Oh, okay. Because I found out with the it was a rib, uh, the sugar free gummy bears. Yeah, that, uh, I got some from Bucky's. Have you ever, Jack? Have you ever gone to Reddit and uh, you you spend a decent amount of time on Reddit? I dabble around. Okay, you looked at like the uh, the Haribo sugar free gummy bears thread on Reddit. Haribo. Are they like is the yeah. sweeten, yeah, sweetener yeah, yeah. in that like Olestra? Yeah, the, it's the like it's just sugar alcohol. Yeah, and it's just horror stories. Well, the Bucky's gummy bears was the same thing, and I'm like, oh, sugar free candy. Like, yeah, this has got to be good, right? So I just ate like a handful, like two handfuls of gummy bears. I stopped one time. I was on my way home from Houston. I stopped at the Bucky's in Bastrop. Bastrop to my house in Buda, twenty five minutes. I was, let's just say I was clenched up and nervous the entire 25-minute drive home because as soon as those gummy bears hit my digestive system, it was like just some kind of evil spirit gnawing at my insides. It was yeah. brutal. I it's, it's that aftertaste off of that that gets me every time. I told this story when I came back from Miami from the regional that – 
We were waiting because we were working outside. We had to wait for the prior broadcast team to go set up our equipment and all this stuff. So Roger Wallace and I were standing in the press box, and they had a a drink box, and you could help yourself to soft drinks. And there there were Coke Zeros in there. I thought, you know what? I'm probably never going to buy it, but I'll try it. Sure, why not? They say, you know, what's that commercial? I need to try it. I thought, okay, I'll try it. So I went over there. Roger saw me, and Roger's a big you know, diet soda drink. Mm-hmm. His his beverage of choice is Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. And he watches me go over there and I take that, take one sip out of it, and then walk over and drop the bottle in the <laughs> trash can. And he just burst out laughing. He goes, not good. And I'm like, nope, not happening. So that that was me. You know, I had uh, I had a colonoscopy done one time, and anybody that's done bowel prep for a colonoscopy knows that's it. That's about 12 hours of just hell. Uh, I enjoyed that slightly more than I enjoyed my experience with sugar-free gummy bears. Look at you. Slightly wow. more. How about that? Uh, Specs text line is open at 337-3776, Somebody said lead vocalist Linda Ronstadt, but she wasn't in a band. I mean, she was. Stone Ponies. I, I get it. I, I, I know. Uh, but, it, you know, she's best known as her in her solo Day. Somebody mentioned Ronnie Van Zant on the text line. Could could uh, I mean since Monday's my last show, can we just like play Freebird underneath the entire show? <laughs> would anybody be Would that. anybody be opposed to that? Uh, yeah, I would be opposed to that. Come <laughs> on, Craig, what's hey, wrong listen, with two hours of Freebird? Yeah, that what you just said. Two hours of it. And, and again, somebody else said Davy Jones for the monkeys. No, monkeys don't qualify. What, what is the What is the number one the the best selling hit of all time for the monkeys? If you don't know, I'll help you. It's I'm a Believer. You know who's the lead vocalist on I believe? I'm a Believer? Mickey Dolenz. It's not Davy Jones. Davy Jones is on Daydream Believer. He's not, my point is, is that he had more than one lead vocalist. So the Monkees don't qualify. The Beatles don't qualify. Steely Dan doesn't qualify. The Eagles don't qualify. I love, I love this text. This is num- I, I assume they're a firefighter first responder, so shout out to you, sir or madam, yeah. for, for your... Uh, your contributions to society. Number one fire station prank, sugar-free gummies in a regular gummy bears bag and watch them run to the stalls. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, You're kind of an a-hole if you do it, but yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, uh, I would expect retribution to be harsh uh, I'm falling for that. Uh, so uh, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden Audio Slave. Chris League. Cornell is awesome. As a matter of fact, Jack, can we get uh, Spoon Man as a return cut coming back for next segment? Uh-huh, some spoon we'll work man. with that. Uh, so I said Prince with Prince and the Revolution. That's really a reach. It, Prince is Prince is Prince <laughs> is Prince. When you think of Michael Jackson, it's far less thinking about the Jackson Five than or even the Jacksons. You think of Michael Jackson. Uh, Dusty Hills, Easy Top. Okay, I could get there with you. What about Morris Day in the time? Ah, there you go. Uh, uh, see, and again, here's another one. I know Lionel Richie started with the Commodores. I know that. Uh, I worked at Commodores concert. I know that. But he, of course, hit his big fame individually as a solo act. I get it. So, um, so there, there, there you go on that. Michael Bolton is a solo act. We're talking about best. Um, uh, Pat Benatar, solo act. She had her band, but you knew her. Stevie Nicks, you could make that thing, except Christine McVie and Lindsey Buckingham also had vocals, lead vocals on hit songs. To me, that is delineation. Were there hits by a band where someone other than who you might have 
considered to be the lead vocalist had the vocals? And the answer to that is yes for Fleetwood Mac. The song, and you'll remember, Jeff, you were at my wedding a year ago. Mm -hmm. The song that they played us out when we walked out was You Make Love and Fun. That's Christine McVie on the lead vocals there for Fleetwood Mac. Now, it didn't quite go the way we wanted to on the exit on the walkout after being pronounced husband and wife because we were originally supposed to get married outside, yes. and it was a much longer walk down the aisle, but because it was raining, they moved it inside into the club room. Mm-hmm. So we were outside bef- We were outside the room before You Make Love and Fun had, had, had registered 10 seconds. You know, so now whenever Linda and I are driving down the road, and if we're listening to Yacht Rock or something, and you make love and fun comes on, it boom, 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 boom. That first thing, boom, 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 and I'm going, and we're out of the room. I don't remember too much about the music selection at your wedding, other than you getting hot about air supply being played because with good I, reason. As I told you, I don't know what the uh, what the per head count was on the open bar, but I made sure I drank mine and several other people's worth that yeah night. i understand and i appreciated that somebody said paul mccartney and wings no that's cheating it's going the other way we know what mccartney was most and i'm as big a paul mccartney fan as anybody Low, and his Lauren time with wings with was Fugees. amazing that's a good one yeah okay all right uh my man matt butler just texted me and said yes to an all freeberg show so i'm, <laughs> I'm sure he I'm, probably there's would. one vote one vote in the jack where would you be on an all free i uh, just just play freebird underneath the whole show where would you be on that i personally i have a Issue, uh, not an issue, but a, an odd relationship with Freebird. I am a guitar player myself, mm-hmm. so uh, I've heard play Freebird many, many times, and it rips. It goes crazy. It's a fantastic song, but mm-hmm. there's a, there's a little overplay factor to Freebird. I there think. is, and, and and having said that, I like the live version better than the than the studio version. Same thing with maybe I'm amazed. Same thing with Turn the Page. Uh, there's some songs that are just some kind of rock anthems that are better done live. Well, then there's the best version recorded. of Turn the Page, which is the Metallica version. That would be a big new. No. I'll tell you what else is a big, a big no. Yes. Somebody, somebody else said Axl Rose. No, said the man who listed Guns N' Roses as most overrated on his music survey. Uh, and then somebody said Getty Lee from Rush. That would be a big no from Chad Hastings. Couldn't handle the vocals there, just like I couldn't handle it from Axel. Couldn't handle that voice. Just like you can't handle Eddie Vedder. Right. Same deal. I mentioned Morris Day in the time kind of as a joke. Now, I, maybe we could play Jungle <laughs> Love underneath the rest of the show. <laughs> it was something else. Uh, Michael Bowen was a character in Office Space. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jungle Love, that is the mad note. That's it. So uh, somebody said, "What's going to happen Tuesday?" The times. I don't know the the other things. They will. Uh, those who are still here will have the details on that at some point next week. We don't. I don't even know when that announcement's coming down. Other than the fact that uh, now there's a good choice, John Fogarty. Their CCR, yeah. Have you heard their album Mardi Gras? Yes. Because (laughs) other people in the band do sing on that song. Yeah, I know. But I'm obviously, it's Fogarty. Yeah, it is. Uh, Just want to call attention to that bad album. George Clinton with Parliament. Funkadelic there for you. Okay. Uh, Ray Davies of the Kinks. There's another good one. You know know who else I thought of? Um, uh, David Byrne, Talking Heads. There you go. You know what I enjoy doing? Uh, There's. Anybody who's a big hip hop fan, if you listen to any, pick any seminal hip hop record in the last 25, 30 years and really kind of go down a rabbit hole and see how many funk samples are in those songs, yeah. it's amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and, and George Clinton is featured very heavily in many productions. Indeed. 
Uh, so he said, Eric Clapton. Nope, nope, that's solo. And don't give me blind faith and don't give me cream. I know, I know he's there, but you got to know Eric Clapton best when Clapton was solo. Jim I, Morrison, yes. I like with this the doors. text. I'll give you that one. This text, Bob Dylan was one of the worst live shows I've ever seen. If you saw Bob Dylan at ACL a few years ago, it's like my buddy Chris Dukes went to that show. He's like, I didn't see Bob Dylan. He's like, I saw a body up there that was allegedly Bob Dylan, but the voice I heard was not Bob Dylan. Not that Bob Dylan ever had a great singing voice to begin with, but it's kind of like uh, anybody who went to that show, and I've told, I told my buddy this, uh, it's kind of like my mom claimed she saw Elvis when he came to Austin like yeah. a couple months before he died. I'm like, no, no, no. That doesn't count. Like you saw Fat Elvis. You saw fat, like pilled up, didn't know what day it was Elvis. That doesn't really count as seeing Elvis. That's what that's what John Lennon used to it, it describe a period there in the mid sixties where he gained a lot of weight and mm-hmm. didn't care about it. he said that was my fat Elvis period, <laughs> is what, what he used to say. Uh Neil Young that see that kind of blurs the lines i know csny and uh, it kind of blurs that but i i mentioned roger daltrey already mentioned that and and uh you know alice cooper solo act jack uh, do you the, know how much uh allegedly the poundage of human waste that was impacted allegedly inside the king when he passed give me the uh, number we're jack. really going there aren't we allegedly 22 pounds all right of pure Duke up in there? Yeah, that's, that's uh, the muscle relaxers and the painkillers he was on con- uh, constipated him. Yeah. But the the jumpsuits were a tough choice. You could have hit yeah. that. You could have <laughs> hit Fat Elvis a little better. <laughs> yeah, there was not uh not very appealing on to, didn't do the king's figure many favors. I've I've had some self-conscious days uh, regarding, you know, physical appearance and I don't go. You know what I'm going to wear the tightest with a big V down to my down to my belly button, that's not a good look. Hey, in '74, it killed. You know, I'm just saying. The you sunglasses know. were cool. Though. Yeah, you know, it was it was big in the day. On that, uh, th- so w- what we were talking about for those who joined late was that th- two days ago was Mick Jagger's 80th birthday, and Chad and Zay were talking about a Mount Rushmore of greatest lead vocalists in a band, not solo acts, and. It has to be a leave up where that guy, where that band's vocalist, you identify with one person. That's why the Beatles don't qualify. That's why the Eagles don't qualify. And we say this on on the the uh, on the occasion of the passing of Randy Meisner, who had the lead vocals and take it to the limit. But uh, that was the only one where he really had the true lead vocal. But it's mainly Don Henley and Glenn Fry, so they don't qualify. Steely Dan, Walter Becker, Donald Fagan, they don't qualify. The Monkees, they don't qualify. And, and uh, you know, and then uh, somebody said, does Darius Rucker count when he was Hootie. with Hootie and the Blowfish? Yeah. Damn straight so. he does. I, I do think that because that's where you really got to know him before the solo act. So, yes, he does count. That was Band I Love on my music survey. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, hey, uh, have you guys ever realized, speaking of Elvis, like when an Elvis impersonator or somebody just dressing up as Elvis, when it goes horribly wrong that. A wrong Elvis can bear a striking, strikingly uncomfortable resemblance to Jim Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah with the hairstyle. Yeah, and that, the glasses. Somebody yeah. said Fat Elvis's outfit looked better on Evil Knievel. It did <laughs> because he was getting ready to jump, you know, eighteen, uh, uh, you know, uh, double decker buses, you know, or something. His diamond encrusted walking stick filled with wild turkey. Absolutely, Eric Burden. Yes, with the animals, I'll give you that. Uh, uh, Frank Zappa was a solo act. I know you've got this Mount Rushmore going, Craig, but if you made a Mount Rushmore of badasses, would Evil Knievel have to be on yep. there? Yep. Yeah. Any man that would do the things that he did, 
Does that, I I interviewed him once, and it was one of the best uh, one of the I, I, best experiences I ever had in interviewing people. And it was at the time in one six month period. I think I got a chance to interview uh, the great Chris Shankel, the great broadcaster. H.G. Buzz Bissinger, who had just put out Friday Night Lights. It was his first interview in the state of Texas. He had to cancel the one in Odessa because he got death threats. Jeez. And Evil Knievel. And that all happened. Awesome. Yeah, and it was great. Evil Knievel was great. It was in studio where we did. It was great. It was, it was awesome. I, I had a great time with that. Uh, but when, when we were kids growing up in North Carolina, yeah. We, what was we, the famous river jump Evil Knievel Snake did? River. Yeah. Snake River Canyon and the Rocket Cycle. <laughs> Uh, where, where the parachute deployed right as he was leaving the ramp. They said, oh, it was a malfunction. Others said, not really. He did the smart thing and um, pushed. The I, always, I always remember the uh, Evil Knievel interview he did with Jim Rome, where Jim Rome asked him before he jumped the Snake River, mm-hmm. were you nervous? And there's just like three seconds of silence, and then all you hear from the phone, the other end of the phone is, you know who the hell I am? <laughs> And Jim Rohn probably loved that. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, he was. He was. I asked him about all his jumps because when I was a kid uh, in North Carolina, we loved Evil Knievel. You know, we saw his his spectacular crash at Caesar. Did you have Caesar's the Evil Palace. Knievel cycle thing? Or Had that. that. Okay. More is the point. We were the dumb kids you see on on uh, <laughs> on Twitter now that would set up a ramp and jump a bicycle over. Uh, others of us laying on the on the driveway while my brother jumped over us. Yeah, we did that stupid stuff. That's not an evil Knievel bit, Craig. I think that's every you know nine, ten, twelve, eleven, twelve year old boy with a bicycle. There was a big embankment down you know by yeah. my house, and you realize, oh man, this is gonna be really fun if I get going really fast and then try to go down it, and then the next thing you know, you're at the bottom of said embankment with scrapes and yeah, open cuts, and you're like, oh, that was a bad idea, bad idea. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I can, I can tell you this for a fact. This this happened. We were talking about this when I was on vacation and saw two of my brothers. We wound up at our house with somebody had left a bicycle, and it was one of those old school, real long ones that had that long back and had the handlebar thing, you know, because we all had like, you know, what would you call them? A spider bike, stingrays, you know, yeah. those, those yeah. kind. And it was one of those old-fashioned So my older brother has the idea. Now, this is a Sunday. We'd just gotten home from church, and we might even still have had our church clothes on. I can't remember. But he, he, he insisted that not only he, but that all three of his brothers, me and my other two brothers, get on the bike. So there's four of us, okay? <laughs> my younger brother is on the handlebars. Me and my older brother are on that back, long back seat, and then my oldest brother is riding the bike, and he's going, and he's gaining speed, and there's four of us on a bicycle. I think about how stupid that was. Okay, at any any point, does anybody speak up and say how dumb this is like how stupid of i had idea i is. had trepidation about it so did the older brother younger brother he was he didn't give a damn he <laughs> was all he's about it. he's on the hair handlebars <laughs> so we're driving and, and, and going down the street and he's gaining speed and gaining speed and all of a sudden the realization hits us at that point in the neighborhood was where the pavement in it and it becomes dirt road whoa and it okay. all that yeah. thought goes to our mind we hit the dirt and it's just like you see when those guys are in, are in a MotoGP, the bike just goes right out from under us. We tumble and scrape and dirt, and we get up and we're scraped and looks cut. Like a, looks like a Tour de France pile up. Exactly. <laughs> Bleeding, dirt all over us because of dirt road. And a man comes out of his house, 
uh, right next right and and this is in today's world we would describe him as like homer simpson's dad you know you shake your fist at the clouds he came out angry old guy went you idiots you bunch of idiots you deserve <laughs> what you get we're all scraped up and bloody yeah we did that kind of stupid stuff i'm gonna go then. ahead and assume that if your mom was angry about anything it wasn't the bike wreck it was if you were still wearing your church clothes and you were wearing and, church and, clothes and tore and holes in them and stuff yeah. like that i can't remember if that was the case but i just know it was oh we caught all kinds of hell for it when we got back to the house just but it was my older brother and we all followed along just stupid stuff kind of miss that age when you're like you know right around double digits and you're like you know what's the dumbest thing i can do right now with this bike that thing okay i'm gonna go do it and see what happens yeah. and then you realize after you wipe out and might have broken something or something's punctured like yep bad idea bad idea that's probably even better question whether dumb things your siblings had you do i've got a great one i've got another going too. we'll get to that coming up my brother real quick my brother okay. uh we were what were we doing i think we were playing catch baseball or football i don't remember but something went over the fence and it was a barbed wire fence, and there was no. It wasn't short enough to push the fence down and step over. Right, you're gonna have yeah, to climb. And, it. and there was no ladder. He goes, "Get on all fours, and I'll jump off your back." I'm like, and I told him, I was like, "I think this is a really stupid idea, Joe." He goes, "No, no, no." He's like, "It'll work. Trust me. I'll." I'll he's like, "If you just you know stay steady, I'll just jump off your back, and it'll trampoline me over." Well, of course, he steps on my back. My elbows give out, so he misses the fence, and there's he still has it to this day. There's probably about a 12-inch gash almost from right above his ankle oh. almost to his knee where he had a chunk of his leg taken out. So there you go. Stupid stuff your siblings made you do or that you decided <laughs> to do with you. That's that's something you can get to on the Specs test line. I still line. get blamed for that. It's like, if you'd have just told, held steady and just you know held your elbows oh, a lot. brother. It's not my fault you were stupid on the deal is, is the answer there. Uh, that The Specs text line is open at 512-337-3776. Also, because it's Friday and just because it's the kind of guy I am, we're going to give away two copies. Two copies of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine today. One in this first hour, one in the second hour. The first one is right now. Be caller number eight. Caller number eight at 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. Number eight caller, you win a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine from the Horn 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Like the tower. Put on your best dress, baby, and I'll fix your hair up around. This is a party, honey. Way down beneath the neon lights, all do. You've been working that hard line. Now tonight, you're gonna have a good time. This is Life of Tower on the Horn. Craig Ray, Jeff Howe with And our producer, Happy Jack Farrell, alongside. On the Specs text line. Uh, first of all, uh, Jack, we did have a winner, did we not, for the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine? Yes, sir. Mr. George Hawthorne of Leander, Texas. There you go, George. Congratulations. And by the way, uh, for Big Crit fan who said, I can't get through, not getting a busy signal, just call failed. That happens when the call bank completely fills up. A lot of times we'll just go to that, and it filled up pretty quickly. So George was the uh, winner on that. We're going to give away another copy next hour, so we will do that uh, as well. Um, 
uh, our good friend uh, Victor says it's been swell. Hope to see you. Uh, about to go on a two-hour meeting. I'll not have another attempt at one of the Dave Campbell's mags. I won't be able to join you Monday, Tuesday because I'll be out of town. Just wanted to text you, let I know, let you know that I appreciate all that you've done and will continue to do for sports in general, but also for your participation in high school sports. Of course, we know him as the voice of Nelson Field. Said it's been a pleasure to get to know you over the years. That goes a long way in my kids' eyes. I uh, appreciate you see on the backside. You bet, Victor. Appreciate that as well. And um, uh, so. You know, we the the question I thought was a, uh, apropos for today was stupid stuff you did with your siblings, either that they made you do because it was an older sibling or you thought was a good idea and it turned out not to be a good idea. So he said, me and one of my friends were standing on opposite sides of a street behind a creek wall and were lobbing rocks at one another. We'd wait for the other person to duck and then lob it over where it landed. We would repeat. Uh, and I, then I looked up too early and caught one right in the eye. Yeah. And then somebody said, BB gun shot to the crotch to see if it actually hurt. I was on the receiving end. One pump only, age 7 to 10. Okay, that gets to my – again, this is the older brother that would do stuff like this. Um, he had uh, had a relatively new pump-action BB gun, and me and my younger brother around there, and one of us, I don't remember who, probably me, because I was smart aleck with my comments sometime about, you know, about shooting at people or something like that. And so my older brother says, okay, here's the deal. You guys got a choice. Uh, you either can get shot at close range with one pump, or I'll give you a 10-second start, and then it's 10 pumps. And we're like, really? And, and they're like, okay, so... So me, I'm the one that said, I, I figure I've got the running start. So I said, I'm going to take that. But my brothers, and we talked about this when I was on vacation, correctly pointed out, I didn't even serpentine. I just ran in a straight line. <laughs> so he had an easy thing, and he shot me at about 20, 25 yards, caught me right in the butt. I was like, no, nah! like that, and it hurt. And then... And so my younger brother's laughing. So what are you going to do? And he goes, I'll take it close range. So he pumps it one time and shoots him uh, like in the foot, I mm -hmm. think. And and my little brother, he was mad. It hurt. And he was like, oh. And so my older brother goes, it's no big deal. It was one punt. He goes, well, you do it. He goes, okay. And he shoots himself in the foot with one punt. And he was like, it didn't hurt at all. <laughs> Stupid stuff that you did with your your siblings, you know. So there you go. That that's that's what we're talking about. Um, my sister and I are watching a lot of Looney Tunes as kids. You may remember when Bugs would fight the bull as a matador. She had me act as the bull, and I would charge her as she moved a red cape back and forth as the matador. Unbeknownst to me, she put a solid metal chair behind the cape, a la Bugs Bunny, and I ran into it full speed, face first. Dad sewed me up with super glue for the gash above my eye. See, that's a perfect example of what we're talking about. How many how many siblings out there got in trouble forever trying to pull off a wrestling move before your parents let you know how dangerous that was? There you go. There you go. Absolutely. So a Longhorn fan in Denton says, pulling a wagon tied to a bicycle, we decided two bikes would go much faster. One rider went left. One rider went right. I saw the wagon handle start to shake. It shot straight up and busted my little brother's head wide open. He was sitting in my lap. A tough lesson in physics. Yeah. And somebody, uh, Bizarro Dale Dudley, when I was five, my sister put me inside a large football-shaped toy box, duct taped me in, and rolled me down a big-ass hill outside <laughs> the driveway. <laughs> that kind of stuff. 
that's what we're talking about. But right now, it is time for our first hour edition of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Let's get to two things. I want to uh, direct everybody over to Horns 24-7. There is so much content up on the site right now. Don't even know what to do with myself. So plenty of stuff from the uh, Texas Bash pool party yesterday, the recruiting event. Yeah. A lot of elite 2025-2026 recruits on campus yesterday. Hank South with Jordan Scruggs were all over it. Still got some. We updated our class of 2025 rankings at 24-7 Sports on Wednesday, so you can get some of that. And uh, we're getting to position previews, really getting you primed up for camp with not just the preview stuff, but also some last-minute nuggets. And, Craig, there are two that I want to talk about right now. Uh, this is uh, as the uh, the person who has to make such decisions. I decided, you know what, these two nuggets are so good, I don't want them to be a part of the regular insider. I just want to pull them out and let them stand on their own. So the first nugget is uh, we should know, and we reported this yesterday morning, early yesterday morning on Horns 24-7, uh, we should know in the next five days if Gary Patterson's going to be back in some capacity with the Texas football program. Now, he did step away from the special assistant role in February because mm-hmm. he wanted, his, wanted more family time, time with the grandkids, and he's talked a lot about that. But remember this quote he he told he told this to Chip Brown when he decided made the decision to step back about hey you know and, and the question was posed Chip posed the question to him okay what what if you know you get to you know mid to late July and that you know that itch needs to be scratched right he said quote if I'm bored come August maybe I'll see if Sark will have me back well there's no question that Sark would have Gary Patterson back it's just in what role so we're almost to August so. Maybe he's got that itch that needs to be scratched. When you heard that quote or heard about that quote from Chip or read that quote? Back in February? Uh-huh. Did you think that that should be taken seriously? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. Gary Patterson, Craig, you've known him long enough. Yeah. Everybody that's been around him or known people that know him, that's just that's what he's a football coach. Mm-hmm. I know he's got a lot of interest outside of football, but that's you get that feeling, and, and when you're away from it, that's probably the, the the first real time you really miss it is when it's time to you know, you're getting ready. You're probably right now he'd probably be doing a staff retreat with the players going right before they get mm-hmm. back before reporting day and you know, next week's that first practice. So this is probably the time where he's really feeling like he's chomping at the bit to get back in the practice field. So we'll we'll see what happens. But the door has always been open yeah. for GP. And as a matter of fact, I showed up for an availability one day. This was in spring practice and. I'll park in the parking lot there in front of Moncrief, mm-hmm. which you got to have a pass to park there. I don't know how I got that pass, but you know, I digress. But I park, and I'm waiting for the availability to start, and pulling up right next to me in the parking lot is Gary Patterson. He was just coming off the practice field. Wasn't dressed in any coaching gear, just decided to stop by and holler at everybody and watch spring practice. So he's been around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still in contact with Sark, and he and Sark, from everything I heard, they had a great working relationship. Mm-hmm. Everything was fine on that front. So it was a fit. It benefited, I think, all parties, and we'll see if maybe they can get back together this fall. And and now you think about, if he does, you think about the brain power mm-hmm. among the special assistants when you talk about Jody Camillus, Paul Christ, Piam Sadat, and if you add Gary Patterson into that mix, that's you're talking about an elite staff of mm-hmm. staffers. I don't know where I was going with that, but an elite right, group right. of staffers. You can put it on, it's on par with, what anybody else in the country would have, including sure. what Nick Saban has sure. uh, in his staff room. So we'll see. We should know here pretty soon whether Gary Patterson will be back in the fold. But, Craig, 
Any any other thoughts on that, Craig? No, I, I think you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. If you want any, you know, to chime in on on the Gary Patterson situation. But this quote, yeah, everybody ate up the Quinn Ewers John Wick quote at Big Twelve Media Days. Right. This off season nugget that we reported yesterday, I think, is the most significant Quinn Ewers development of the off season. And I think gives you a glimpse into where the leadership aspect at the most important position on the field is going. So last Thursday, a week a week ago yesterday, after two hours of working out in the heat, the high, by the way, was 106 that day mm. in our Fairburg. Uh, Tory Becton had the team do 10 Longhorn shuttles. Their shuttle runs designed by Coach Becton. It's considered the toughest way to finish a workout. Everybody's done gassers or whatever. Yeah, right. You know, that's the projectile vomiting portion of conditioning. But those end-of-practice shuttles. Yes. After finishing, this is according to a source, after finishing the 10 shuttle runs, Quinn Ewers looks at Tory Becton and allegedly says, Coach, we've got 12 games. How about two more? And according to a team source, after two hours of working out in the heat, no one groaned, no one complained. The whole team did two more Longhorn shuttles at the request of QB1. Mm -hmm. When you get to that point, at that position, that shows you've got the respect of the locker room. You're getting comfortable in leading the way you feel com- you need to lead. Not everybody can be Sam Ellinger. Not everybody can lead the way Colt McCoy did or the way Vince Young did. And all three of those guys led differently. Mm-hmm. And the way Quinn leads is going to be different. And it seems like this is his way of stepping up and, and showing his former leadership. I, I love it, Craig. I love this development because it shows you I think we've all been under the impression, and everybody's gone, whether it's Sark, Quinn, or teammates, or whoever, has gone on the record since they got back in January saying, hey, Quinn's taking this more seriously. He's really diving into it. He's owning it. And I think that quote right there shows you, that little nugget shows you that, yes, maybe he's ready to take a step in terms of his leadership, his Mm -hmm. presence. And if that happens, we know the talent and the tools are there for him to be as good as any quarterback in this league. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Okay. Um, I, I I was curious to get your thoughts uh, about the announcement of Colorado headed back to the Big Twelve, and and what this what this means not only for the Big Twelve but for other leagues as the dominoes continue. To what fall. I'm upset about is I, I I missed out on a trip to Boulder. My first year <sighs> co- my first year covering the league uh, was 2011. Oh. Colorado was out by that point. I mean, covering it to where I was covering Texas, I covered Baylor before, but I wasn't making road trips yeah. when I covered Baylor. Uh, so I missed Colorado and now I'm, I'm going to miss them coming back because Texas is going to the SEC. I, I think it's good for Colorado because it gives them at least, uh, you know, everybody recruits in Texas, but I think it gives recruits in the state of Texas a little more familiarity with Colorado. No, mm-hmm. Dion, the Dion hire alone has done that, but it, I don't know if I said this on this show, Craig, or I said this to you in passing. I know I've said it to some colleagues. It's really hard to convince a, a kid who's a senior in high school now. The, the school I always use as a prime example is Nebraska. Like, no, there was a time where Nebraska was the, the best program in the country. It was an it bar program, none. yeah. And there was a time, kids, believe it or not, where Colorado was year in and year out competing for national championships. Under Bill McCartney. And they had Texas kids like Canavis McGee and Andre Girard and several of those other Stiggers. guys. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that came from the state of Texas and went to Colorado. Yeah. And uh, there was a really, really good pro- – Andre Girard was a North Shore yeah. kid. Yep. Uh, really, really good program under Bill McCartney, even under Rick Neuheisel and early under Gary Barnett. And it just it fell off a cliff, and they haven't really been – other than that 
maybe that one Mike McIntyre year. They really haven't been able to get it back. Um, so I, th- I think it'll help them having that association now with the state of Texas that you're going to have in the Big 12. They never never really felt like they had a natural rivalry in the Pac-12, and maybe they still don't, but at least – you know, if they when they when they play a, a Kansas or a Kansas State, mm-hmm. even an Iowa State, at least there's some familiarity there with that fan base. And okay, we've been to Lawrence, we've been to Manhattan, we've been to Ames, we've we've been to Stillwater, and some of these other places. Like you know, the lay of the land a little bit better. Uh, I, I will also say this because I remember this so vividly back in the, the time and in knowing a lot of folks uh, with a lot of different athletic programs in the Big Twelve, including Colorado. The first move was made to the Pac-12 out of basically one reason, money. The athletic department was practically broke yeah. when it left, and they were chasing the money, and they had to get some instant cash, uh, and and the Pac-12 had a better TV deal at the time than the Big 12. Big 12, they just rev- did. Big 12 revenues in 2010, yeah. 2009 were not anywhere in the stratosphere with what they are now. No, and they weren't that close to the Pac-12, and that's why they left and went over there. Now... Uh, there is a financial consideration, clearly, but it's more about how the Pac-12 is just starting to disintegrate, mm-hmm. and yeah. and uh, about the 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 visibility for Colorado and the Big 12 increases greatly as a result of that. And like you said, the, the recruiting footprint it can be reestablished, mm-hmm. especially with with, with Dion being uh, the coach there now. So I think uh, there were a couple of different reasons that the, when they left the first time, it was all about money. They needed cash. I mean, they needed J.G. Wentworth. They needed cash now. It was that, um, that kind of thing. When you're going to a new conference and you need cash now. It was that kind of. So they had they had to do that, but then they came back for slightly different reasons. All of the money certainly yeah, factors in. So I think, it's, I think it's good for Colorado. I think it's good for the Big 12. Do you get a state school? It's got some brand recognition. The Dion factor, I know, is uh, probably – that might be the biggest reason why Brett Yormark liked Colorado. Let's not – sweep that under the rug or show it aside like it's not a big deal. But I think for the Pac-12, it just kind of feels like Crow's picking at the carcass now. I mean, you pull USC and UCLA away from them, and now you pull Colorado. Even though Colorado wasn't you know, a Pac-8 member, they weren't a charter member of that league, now you pull them away from that, and you you got nine teams left, and you just wonder, like, okay, what is everybody waiting on? What is this TV deal going to look like now? And, I've you know, you hear the rumors that maybe Oregon and and Washington are just kind of Waiting to see if the that's Big the Ten next, expands. That's the next big shooter drop. Do I, they go to the Big Ten? And if the Big Ten doesn't pursue them, Jeff, the Big Twelve will. Yeah, yeah. And and how big does the Big Twelve get? Yeah. Now, do they get to? Do they get one more to stay at fourteen? Do they go to? Do they get a couple more and go to sixteen? Uh, we'll see. But you know, we, we kind of figured even back, even go back to. 2009, 2010, when all the realignment stuff really started, mm-hmm. we were everybody was under the impression, I think, that at the end of this deal, they're going to be like four, the Power Five, there's going to be four super conferences that exist after all this is said and done. Well, mm-hmm. the Big Ten is at 16 now. The ACC's been at 16. The SEC will be at 16 next year. And it's either, okay, the Big 12 or the Pac-12, who's going to survive? And it's looking like the Big 12 is on track to surviving after after everything this league has been through mm-hmm. it looks like the big 12 is going to be the one that survives it's amazing what strong leadership can do yeah for for a league somebody said uh, craig colorado left because of 70 to 3 <laughs> it took him five years no gary barnett that, well, i got gary barnett fired yeah. but yeah that, that, joel clapp might agree with you 
He, you know, he and Drew Kelson probably won't go bowling Joel, together. Joel Klatt remembers seventy to three, but does he really remember yeah. seventy to three? Does he remember Drew Kelson uh, taking him out like that? So, uh, so anyway. Joel, it's funny to hear Joel talk about that, and he still laughs. That was just the fastest, most athletic defense he faced in his time as a college quarterback. I'm like, well, yeah. You look at that 05 defense. Aaron Ross won the Thorpe Award next year. Didn't even start in 05. That's right. Tony Hills was an NFL draft pick as an offensive lineman. Did not start that year. Yeah. Backed up Jonathan Scott. That's right. That's right. Insane amount of talent on that championship. Non-degenerate Spurs fan asks, was Andre Girard the one who got kicked in the head by Albert Hainsworth? Yes, he was. Yes. Got, actually, let's, let's rephrase that. Got his head stomped yeah, by, by Hainsworth. Albert Hainsworth. He said, or am I misremembering? No, you're not misremembering. <laughs> that did that really happen. I remember I, I, I was watching that game. I remember a VY getting into the game against the Cowboys. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, get some VY action. And that was yeah. quickly overshadowed by Albert Hainsworth doing yep. Albert Hainsworth things. Yep, yep. No, no doubt about that. Uh, on the deal about uh, doing stupid stuff with your siblings or them enticing you to do stupid stuff, there's a guy who says, my little brother and I have been daring each other to do many things that surprisingly we never died. But I remember one day we were sitting in my uncle's old Cadillac in his backyard. I had seen my uncle use his cigarette lighter many times, but that day I dared my little brother to take the lighter and push it on his arm. He didn't want to chicken out, so he pushed it in, and once it popped out bright orange, he pushed it into his arm and started yelling like crazy. Till this day, he has that circle scar. And I remember the whooping my dad gave me for daring him to do this. See, that's a perfect example of stupid stuff that that you did or were coerced or, or talked into or forced to do by a sibling. And then there's one other here before we get to the break. When we were hanging at when we were high school age, my older sister, my friend, and I were hanging out on a roof after smoking a bowl. <laughs> okay, all right. I was shooting. I already like where this is headed. I was shooting targets with my paintball gun, and I was dumb enough to hand it to my sister, who was known for using me as her punching bag. She instantly started shooting at us with her evil laugh, and I ended up jumping off the roof. And rolled my ankle. Luckily, it was only about an eight-foot drop. Perfect example. Glorious. That's what we're talking about there. Man, how did how did these these uh, you know shop and shop and shop on TV ads? If I'm I don't know what I'm trying to say. The ass seen on TV stuff. Like these knives look like the greatest knives ever. Yeah. It's how is it like? Thing. You can get all this for twenty nine ninety five. I mean, it's... that's cut, that's cutting that pineapple. Look at they just slice of that chicken. Um. Our man CB says, Jeff, that was Vince Young's first career start. Oh, was it really? Yeah. That's why I don't remember it that well, because all I remember yeah. from that game is yeah. Andre Girard getting his head stomped. Yeah, there you go. Uh, T-Bone says, when I was about 14, my younger brother was six, he let me shave lines into the side of his head. The parents weren't too happy to see that. And youngest of three boys, as a kid growing up in West, we've all been through West on I-35, me and my two older brothers play hide-and-seek. The only catch was we all had BB guns. I like legalize. It just chimes in. Who's smoking? (laughs) When I was five, my friend, and I jumped off the garage roof with umbrellas. Could have been a lot worse. We just skinned ourselves up a little bit. That's that's what I'm talking about, the stuff that you know back in the day that we did. Legalize it. Here's here's a here's a story about the stick. It's like my dog. Anytime the word treat gets uttered in the house, like, yeah. Oh, oh, I know mine is the what? same way. Linda has the, the dog now, to where she understands what treat is. <laughs> uh, all right, coming up, we have inconceivable, Jack. You know you know what inconceivable means on Friday, don't you? 
Is that Florida Man Friday? It is. Placidity will be prevalent in the studio for the final time. And I, I'm th- John in the. I don't remember if it was John in the Bay or Jim in Lago Vista gave, uh, gave us this idea, and I went ahead and did it. And I've got a doozy. Okay. Basically, go to Google, enter Florida Man in your birthday, and find the most wheels off story you can find. Wow, I like that. And boy, did I find a doozy. Okay. Okay. How about that for a teaser? That's up next when we continue to light the tower on the horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. The final ever Friday. Inconceivable. <laughs> Jack, are you, a, are you a South Park fan? Oh, yeah. The story Craig just told me, I'll, I'll save it for off air, but... You, you, you saw the one where uh, Stan's dad ate all the P.F. Changs and was constipated, and then he set the uh, set the world record for the biggest. Oh, absolutely. oh yeah. nice. Okay, all right. Breaking bones. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, first of all, little little warning for you: a woman has issued a warning to all who fly Southwest Airlines: do not use Apple Pay to book your flight. You guys use Apple Pay? You guys, do you do? I've got Apple Pay set up, but I don't use it. Me as well. I'm a big tap to pay guy. That's my favorite technology. Yeah, yeah, I do that as well. Uh, In a viral video with over 39,000 views, this is a TikToker, Hannah Anderson, urged the use of other payment methods to make a booking with the airline to avoid having their money in limbo, which happened to her when making a $461 purchase. She says she's never had problems with bookings before, despite using the airline for just about all of her life, but it all changed when she booked the ticket to Nashville to visit some friends. At checkout, she explained she was given three payment options, pay now with debit or credit card, book now, pay later, or use Apple Pay. She said, so I press Apple Pay, and the website says processing and loading. And then after a couple of seconds, it says transaction could not be processed. Yet moments later, she got a big old charge to her account for the ticket. After contacting her bank, she was told nothing they can do about it other than to speak to the airline. Then she's told the payment service was not compatible with the Southwest website, and she said she got a runaround, and they said, you'll need to contact Apple Pay because they need to release the funds. Apple, however, blamed the bank for the processing issue and instructed her to contact them to dispute the charge. The problem is that the charge's pending status with the bank made it difficult to dispute. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, just just word of advice. What a mess. Yeah. If it, if it happens like that, um, you know, I tried. I tried to use Apple Pay one time. Uh, yep. I was at H E B and forgot my wallet. Love H E B. It's not H E B's fault, but I forgot my wallet. And I'm like, ooh, I bet Apple Pay. Yeah, H E B doesn't take Apple Pay. Oh, so that works out there. Yeah. Um, why do I get the feeling you're not a guy who will probably see the Barbie movie? Because uh, I because I won't. Yeah, right, okay, that's <laughs> what this is. it's gotten good reviews. <laughs> What about Jack? Good call on that one. Craig. I'm all in. I think it's going to be. I've seen every Ryan Gosling clip I've seen has been hilarious. I'm all in. Supposedly, on it brought my friend and the guy you listen to a lot, George Dunham, to tears. Really? Yeah. Like crying tears? Actually, tears, supposedly at the end of the thing. Now, I haven't, I, again, I haven't seen it. Here's the reason like why. Sad or happy? Like crying tears. Sentimental. Tears. Okay. Okay. Margot, uh, Margot Robbie's really good in just about anything she does, though. So. Well, get this there's a brand new themed bar in Dallas called Barbie. 
Now the Metroplex uh, is all about their bits. Yeah, and so it is. It's 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 a brand new uh, bar in Dallas. Uh, they say they have no. The owners say they have no affiliation with Barbie or any of the movies, but it's called Bar hyphen B I E, and said uh, Barbie is so nostalgic. So uh, they're also in a <clears throat> also in a bar called Double D's, but that means Design District. Just so like, you know, like the double entendre. Yeah, yeah. So, so just just to let you know that that's what that's all about. Um, before we get into the Florida stories, one that kind of leads us into this. Well, we have another story of a reptile with a person inside of it. Uh, killer crocodile. But it didn't happen in Florida. Uh, it happened in Borneo, in Malaysia. Uh, 60-year-old Adi Bangza did not return to his home, so the relatives alerted the local authorities. They found his boat in... Here's where I got a problem with this. Here's the the, the word the words and I quote: After finding his boat in crocodile infested waters, stop right there. Why is your boat in crocodile infested waters? Anyway, a search was launched. Everyone feared the worst. After four days, rescuers were convinced that he met an untimely end. The wildlife rangers continued. They examined all of the crocodiles in an almost two mile radius. Speaking about your micro dirty jobs, yeah. how'd you like? But we're going to examine, you know, examining crocodiles. You know, some Aussie. Oh yeah, we examine the crocodiles. Oh, crikey, is awesome. Crocodile you know? sonograms or what? Well, they they determined that uh, after they got a group of them together, only one was an adult male large enough to be involved in such an attack. The other 12 animals were juveniles and thus unlikely to have been involved. So then they figured this was the one. They ended up shooting him in the search area. They cut open the crocodile. They checked the stomach contents. And there were body and legs of the victim. Uh, that is yeah, the remains an he, awful way to go. Yeah, he, he uh, they ate him ate him almost alive when it happened. So that leads us in to Florida. Um, so um, you you, you want to go with yours? Thank you, Jim and Lago Vista. Okay. I went ahead and threw Florida Man and my birthday, which is September 21st, Yeah, into Google. And what's the most wheels off Florida story you can find? Well, Craig, I'll take you back to September 21st, 2009. We're going to rewind the clock here, but it's worth it. When authorities said Dateline Lake Worth, Florida, not Lake Worth, Texas, Lake Worth, Florida, where authorities say a 91-year-old South Florida man jumped out of bed naked and held an intruder at gunpoint until deputies arrived. Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office said Robert E. Thompson woke up Saturday morning after a would-be burglar climbed his backyard fence and was met by his charging dog, Rhett, a Rottweiler Doberman mix. Probably not the kind of dog you want to encounter when you're right. trying to break into a house. Right. Thompson heard the commotion, grabbed his 38 caliber revolver, and phoned police without ever getting dressed. Deputies say Thompson fired a warning shot as 26-year-old Jose Pascal started to come toward him. Thompson kept his gun trained on Pascal until deputies arrived. Pascal was booked into Palm Beach County Jail on a burglary charge and did not immediately have an attorney. So Grandpa, with his loose skin and... Tender's got to be knocking the knees at that point. Right. Held the dude at gunpoint until the cops arrived. Wow. Nicely done. Nicely and done. I'm sure the guy just stood there because 
Who wants to try to make a move on the naked guy holding a gun? Yeah, it's a good point. You're going to think, this guy ain't right. No, he was just 91-year-old man protecting his property. Uh, here's a couple other ones. Uh, this happened two days ago. One of those counties where it registers quite a bit, Flagler County, Florida. A I fl- only remember that from To Catch a Predator. Yeah. A Florida man was arrested arrested after allegedly... Spur- a lot of preverts in Flagler County, yeah, there you Jack go. Farrell. Um, a Florida man was arrested after allegedly spraying a woman with a garden hose in the face. In the face! Amid an argument about her being on his property. Now, there's a little more context to this. Yeah, because that doesn't, you know. Jeffrey Rutfield was arrested on the charge of simple battery and was later released. But the incident happened last Friday night. Um, Flagler County deputies were called to a home after a woman reported an unknown woman had pointed a gun at her husband. The husband, identified as Rutfield, reportedly escalated the incident by spraying a garden hose in the woman's face after yelling at her for allegedly being on his property line. The Palm Coast man allegedly followed her. She walked over to her car and pulls out a gun. She said she was in fear of being attacked, so she displayed, she brandished, a firearm for her safety. So the dude goes back in the house. The woman stayed outside in the car waiting for the deputies to arrive. Uh, the woman was not on his property. The deputies determined, and he followed her to a uh, car in an aggressive manner. Manner. Uh, it said a busy weekend for Flagler deputies. He said, if you spray someone in the face with a garden hose, you're only escalating the situation. It's much better to de-escalate and call us immediately. <laughs> no, situation. really, said escalating the situation. Got one other one. My friend Bobby Anderson on Twitter had sent this to us. Just the headline alone should be enough. Manatee. You know what a manatee a is? A sea cow. Manatee dies of injuries from sexual encounter with his brother at a Florida aquarium. Jesus. They said, an expert said, and I quote, the marine mammals are not too meticulous about who their partners are. So this 38-year-old manatee named Hugh uh, the manatee is 38 years old. How long do yeah, sea cows they live? They can live a long time, yeah. Good Lord. Sustained fatal injuries caused by sex with his brother. Yeah, most likely the result of that. The handlers never believed he was uh, in danger, uh, yet increased mating behavior observed. Yeah. First what time, kind of injury did he have? Well, I don't know, but it says it's the first time such heightened mating behavior was witnessed between two manatees. That's a perfect way to conclude the final Florida Friday. Ancestral the sea cows. A terrible place. Ancestral yeah. sea, sea cows. Creatures, I did man. not have that on the bingo card. And that's why it was a perfect way to conclude our final <laughs> ever Friday. Florida mammal, not Florida man, Florida mammal edition uh, of, of uh, the uh, Florida Friday. Sea cow being broke his junk and had a heart attack. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get back onto the track, or at least try to. Coming up here, light the tower on the horn.